Hey all you gorehounds out there in podcast land, this is Sean Clark, host of Horror's Hallowed Grounds and contributing writer at Horrorhound Magazine, and you're listening to the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. <laughs> Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting mouthpiece of the Southeast. Brandon A. Lane bringing you a new edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. But not just any edition. No, no. This episode, it's going to be spooky. The moon is full and bright. And we shall see what can't be seen on any other night. Skeletons, ghosts and ghouls, grinning goblins, fighting duels. Werewolves rising from their tombs, witches on their magic brooms. In mask and gown we haunt the street and knock on doors for tricks and for treats. Tonight we are king and we are queen. Oh, for tonight, it's Halloween. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy what we have in store for you. Me and Stank Dick Eddie are going to be giving you a full feature-length commentary for the 1988 um, Halloween classic, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Now, if you'll remember, last year we did Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and that's a, definitely a divisive movie because there's no Michael Myers, so Michael is going to be making his podcast debut on this episode. Also making their podcast debut is the gentleman you heard at the top of this episode, Sean Clark. i got to give a, a hearty shout-out to the gentleman. Uh, if you're not aware of his work, he's a writer for Horror Hound Magazine, and he hosts an awesome show that you need to drop everything right now don't even listen to this podcast go check him down and check an episode out of horrors hallowed ground uh, the general uh, premise of what he does is he goes to filming locations and uh and he talks about you know the history and you know what the place is now what it was then and you know the changes and things of that nature so if you're interested in the behind the scenes making of horror movies or anything of, of that nature i think you'll really enjoy what he has to do and his uh his stories that he writes, uh, in, or his articles, rather, in Horror Hound are always really good. So, I, I've been a Horror Hound guy for several years now. Uh, just a little backstory. I, I've met Sean several times at conventions, and he's really nice and personable. Um, I met him the first time in Nashville at a... I don't remember if it was called Blood and Ink or Ink and Blood. It's a, it's a horror-slash-tattoo convention, of all things. And I wasn't aware of his work at that time. Uh, he just had a booth set up, and he was selling T-shirts. And he sold me a shirt I still have to this day. It's uh, Jason p- uh, pissing on the Freddy glove. And it's like Calvin uh, pissing on Hobbs. Or, you know, you've seen what I'm talking about. But he and I got into a conversation, and uh, and I'm like, yeah, this, this is a cool dude. And then several years later, I realized, oh, my God, you know, he he's writing for Horror Hound. You know, growing up, uh, Fangoria was the was the holy grail of of horror movie magazines you know there was fangoria there was gore zone and then a little little before that there was famous monsters of Filmland, which is let's just be honest that's the universal monsters of 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 all you know the granddaddy love you forey forey ackerman rest in peace but um fangoria over the years uh you know kind of had a little more of a like corporate slant and it kind of lost some of its you know, it's street cred, but uh, Horror Hound is by fans for fans, so I've stuck with them for the longest time. So, uh, the the last time 
uh, I ran into Sean. He, I'm fully aware of him being a writer and stuff. And it was at Lexington Comic Con. And he wasn't even there as a guest. He was there with somebody and he was at their booth. So I walk up to the booth and I'm thinking the guy's like, okay, here he comes. You know, I'm going to make some money, sign an autograph. And I sidestep him and I'm like, hey, are you, are you Sean Clark? And he's like, yeah. It's like, you know me? And I'm like, of course I know you. You're a writer for Horror Hound, and I love Horror's Hallow Ground. So he gave me a free autograph, and he's just, he's a really cool guy. Uh, I had messaged him like months ago um, because when we we're doing the short list of people we wanted for to do audio intros for the podcast, he absolutely was on the top of this list. He's a guy that I think everybody listening to this podcast uh, can relate to. He He's one of us. He, he loves this, he has a passion for it, and he has been lucky enough to parlay that into, you know, a career. So, I want to give him a, a little bit of the rub, as much as he's given us. Um, you can find him on social media, at Malfunction. I'm going to spell that out. That's M-A-L-F-U-N-C-S-E-A-N. Thank you, Sean, so much. Uh, we're going to be having him hopefully on for a full interview sometime in 2019. And I can't wait for that. Speaking of interviews, I was actually interviewed pretty recently, those of you that haven't seen it, uh, on a show called Mountain Fun Life. Uh, Mountain Fun Life is a... Uh, you know, back in the day, they used to have, like... Uh, like the channel is like a local channel, kind of like a local affiliate kind of thing. Well, it's the same deal, but you know, they're, they're internet based, which that's the way technology is going. Um, I went to uh, DDX media studios. I met with Elizabeth, uh, shout out to Elizabeth and uh, her, her company, Smoky Mountain, uh, Smoky Magic Media. Uh, they had me on and the show is called Mountain Fun Life, and uh, it kind of centered around businesses and uh, personalities from around the Smoky Mountains. And as those of you who have listened to this podcast for any length of time, and by listening to the sound of my voice, I'm a southern boy here in Tennessee at the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. But um, it was cool. She had me on, and I got to plug my podcast, and we, we kind of talked about you know cosplay and a and the importance of um, social media in building a brand. And I, I can't thank them enough for, for having a, us on or having me on us as in the podcast and the rant army. Uh, it was just cool. And I can't, I can't uh, say enough nice things about them. They, they were very, very welcoming. So I want to give them a shout out as well. Uh, you can find them on social media, uh, uh, Smoky Magic Media, at Smoky Mount <laughs> Magic Media, Mountain Fun Life. There is at Mountain Fun Life. So there's no reason that you should uh, not find them because it's pretty to the point. As far as finding us, we're available uh, on a multitude of platforms. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Music, Player FM, and of course on Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Rants Black Lodge, or you can find us on our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. Uh, one last shout out, and then we'll get to uh, to our sponsors, and that's um, Jason Davis. Jason Davis is the editor of the Mountain Press newspaper here in Sevierville, Tennessee, and uh, he's been one of my best friends for years. Jason, unfortunately, has become my go-to in anything tech-related. 
Now, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, wow, this sounds a lot better than the podcast normally does, well, that's all due to his influence. I'm actually recording on his microphone. Uh, we upgraded to a Blue Yeti microphone. It's a USB mic. It's specifically for podcasting. And for whatever reason, we're having some issues with it. So hopefully we'll have that sorted out. Uh, if not, then, you know, I might be uh, upgrading to a microphone just like the one we're recording on right now. But Jason, thank you so much. Um, I don't have his Twitter or anything, uh, but if you want to give him thanks for making the podcast sound better, um, do so in spreading the word and tell as many people that they, as you know, to join the RAN army. All right, we're going to be back in just a few moments to listen to me and Stank Dick Eddie rant about Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers from 1988. But first, here's a few messages from our sponsors. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. Scott, owner and chief artist at Von Grimm Productions. If you're looking for high-quality, professionally-made Halloween masks, Von Grimm Productions is the place to do it. Look us up at facebook.com slash Von Grimm Productions. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Fuck you, Judd. (laughs) Fuck you, Judd. (laughs) So we literally just took a couple of takes trying to get this right, and uh, we realized that we're not uh, musically... Inclined. And this song does not pertain to this movie at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of musical choices from the Halloween series uh, in general. Good soundtrack, though. To this movie? Yeah. I like it. The sa- Like, what's on the soundtrack? Just, like, all the instrumental stuff. Oh, so you, so you mean the score? Yeah, well, it's still the soundtrack. You layman. <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Eddie. We're going... You want some chocolates? Because I'm about to get some. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> Smell my feet. Give me that butt to eat. <laughs> oh, man, no one's going to listen to this one. No, no. All right, so what we're going to be doing right now, for those of you who are not initiated with this podcast, uh, if you want to watch along, uh, you're going to be popping in your copy of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Whatever version you have, whether it be digital, DVD, or Blu-ray, we're going to start out with the black screen, and a couple of seconds in, it's going to say October 30th, 1988. Oh, God. So you ready to do this, Eddie? I'm always ready. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, uh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On the count of three. One, two, three, play. And here's going to go. October 30th, 1988. So, Eddie, when was the first time you saw this movie? I was a kid. I don't remember. I mean... It, this is one of the weird movies, too, where for a long time, if you ever watched, like, Fear Fest, they'd only play, like, four and five. So, I just, I've always, like, was accustomed to, like, watching this. But, I mean, even younger, I had it on tape. So, I mean. Um, yeah, I think, and truthfully, I think this may have been the, the first Halloween I saw all the way through. Now, I had seen bits and pieces of Halloween one and two. I don't think I'd ever seen them all the way through. 
God, that's a tongue tongue twister. No, p- part one and part two, all the way through. <laughs> well, as a kid too, when I was little, because the covers always looked so much the same, they all kind of blended into one movie. Um, speaking of the cover, we're staring at it right now. That mask is not in this no, fucking movie. That that house is from part one, which is also not in this movie. Yes, this this movie was not filmed in California like the first one. Utah. Utah? Yeah. Utah. Johnny Utah. That's Italian, baby. <laughs> fucking point break. It's, it's not happening. Fucking, it's not fucking happening. <laughs> God damn it, I'll never be able to escape this. <laughs> Okay, so Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, was released on October 21st, which is not too far along from uh, the time we're recording this uh, podcast, which is October 3rd, or is this the 4th? It doesn't matter. It is the 3rd. 3rd. I don't know exactly when this will be released, but for the sake of those of you who may care when we recorded this, it's October 3rd. But it was released on October 21st, 1988. It had a budget of $5 million, which for a low-budget movie was pretty good. That's very low, considering I was just someone was just talking about uh, a quiet place, and it was like seventeen million dollars. Well, you have to think in, in terms of inflation. inflation that's I mean, true. This this is eighty eight. Um, that's probably about equal. Then that's pretty close. Then, and uh, it, that budget uh, was nearly or more than tripled. Uh, the opening weekend, it made six million eight hundred and thirty one thousand two and two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, its complete U.S. gross was seventeen billion seven hundred sixty-eight thousand seven hundred fifty-seven dollars. It currently uh, sits at a twenty-nine percent uh, uh, rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has an audience score of fifty-three. So if you kind of take those in both into account, it's generally well received. Yeah, this is this is Kalen's favorite one. So you want to elaborate? Yeah, Kalen's my daughter. She's my four-year-old daughter. Uh, ever since. Uh, I think what she was only about two when Finn was born. My other son, my son, and I've had the fifteen disc Blu-ray box set, and this is her go-to. This is the one she loves the most. She calls it. Uh, I want to watch Little Jamie. I want to watch Part Five. She calls it Jamie in the Hospital. So, where do you rank this in your all-time all-time favorite Halloween films? It it used to be like Halloween One was my favorite. Uh, Halloween H2O was always my second because that was the first one I ever saw in theaters and then it would go to Halloween 4 uh, but my daughters made me watch it so much that I hate this fucking movie now <laughs> oh I'm glad we're, re- I'm glad we're reviewing it right now uh, by the way this security guard that's Raymond O'Connor uh, you may have seen him in a couple of things uh, he's pretty pretty hard to miss that crooked smile <laughs> always used to get him and Richard uh, Reilly mixed up because they're both at the time in the like the late 80s early 90s kind of the middle-aged uh dumpy looking looking guy but he was in arthur 2 on the rocks Uh, he was in the rock with nick cage and sean connery (laughs) and he had a few other things not worth mentioning um as far as my pantheon of uh these halloween films uh i'd probably put it in fourth I like one, I like two, I like three, and then I like four. Yeah, like we, We've talked about it, too, on the last one we did last year when we did part three. Part three has gone up there. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what it is about part two. I'm just not really... I don't know. It just doesn't grab me. I think it's because... It was, it's been erased from existence. Well, now. <laughs> uh, the fact that uh, I think when Universal took it over... And they changed the score up a little bit, and then everything just kind of changed. Like I feel like it's super clean compared to when you watch Halloween One. Um, I just I don't know. I just don't feel it. I don't like it as much as I like the original. 
I can understand that. Uh, Halloween 2, I think, is a notch below the first one for me. But, you know, I may be in the minority, but Dick Warlock is my favorite actor to play the shape. Speaking of which, this is the first uh, movie in the series where the character of Michael Myers is credited rather than the, the shape. shape. <clears throat> That's crazy. For, okay, well, th this might be a good talking point. What's the difference between the shape and Michael Myers? Because I have my my uh, well ideology about it. From everything, just if you watch any documentary and stuff, kind of going back, when they referred to Michael Myers as the shape, he wasn't as a person. He was more like an element, just like Laurie talks about with earth, air, fire, and water, like personifying uh, what like evil is. He's a, he's a shape. He's not a person. Now, Michael Myers, you know, when he doesn't have the mask on, to me, that is Michael Myers. Uh. This is my take. The very beginning of the first Halloween film where he kills Judith, and then, you know, he goes outside and they find him, his mother and his father, and they take the mask off. That's when he ceases being Michael Myers. He's he's become the shape. He gets locked away for all that time, and he's not he's not human anymore. Which brings me, actually, to a question. I wanted to get this one right out of the way really, really quick. Why does Michael never die? He isn't supernatural in nature. That comes from Margaret. You want to tackle that one, Edward? I mean, they I'm, truthfully, they never really touch on it until they get to part six, the reason why he keeps coming back. Um, but if you look at it as, you know, he's he is the shape, he is a shape, you know, he is, you know... A personification of evil. You can't really kill evil. That's why he keeps coming, no matter what you do. That's my see. Take. I, in the in the first movie, and really, I mean, up until until six, oh. he is a human being. By, by the way, yeah, the, the kill that it. we're seeing on screen right now with the thumb jamming in the uh, the forehead, uh, Carl Beekler, uh, director of Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, was brought on board to uh, punch the uh, movie up with a few extra. Extra kills, and uh, that's a, a particular favorite of mine. This scene makes no sense. Yeah, isn't there like a continuity error here where the next scene the ambulance is gone or something? Well, no, the amb well, there shouldn't be an ambulance anyway because they, they crashed the ambulance in the fucking water. But she's having a psychic vision. Shut up. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I saw it, I'm like, well, that makes no fucking sense. Like, the, the ambulance is already fucking... It doesn't even, it's wrecked in the water. Like, it makes no sense. So, initially, the way it was shot, uh, the aftermath of Michael killing those people wasn't... It was just the aftermath. Um, and I guess they did a test screening, and they were realizing that, you know, the landscape of horror slasher movies had changed, so they, they wanted to make things more in line with the other big slasher movies well, you had of the day. 88, I mean, you already had how many Friday the 13th within that time period? Well, pretty much all of them, except for Part 8. Yeah, so seven, mean, seven uh, films. So you had that, plus on top of that, you had what, Nightmare 4 came out around this time. Because yeah, I know yeah. uh, Ellie Cornell, who we just saw as Rachel, she auditioned for uh, Nightmare 4. Yes, and uh, Lisa Wilcox auditioned for the role of, of her role. Yes. I did not know that. Well, now you do. Yeah! That's why this podcast is awesome, because you learn something, and we tell dick jokes. <laughs> yeah! Dick jokes and learning stuff. Stuff that isn't important. 
So we have Danielle Harris as our protagonist, uh, Jamie Lloyd, who is supposed to be the, um, what would you call her, the orphaned daughter of Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Which we're about to find out, too. I think, didn't she have a news clipping as well? It kind of says that, her, that she died of, in a car wreck. In a car wreck, and she has a... Uh... It's been 11 months! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here she is, uh, digging through her doodads. I, I love the production picture from Halloween 1 they have of her right there. <laughs> I wonder if they had to pay her anything for her likeness. Um, that's a weird, she has a joker smile. She looks so much hotter now. It's crazy, she has such a silver you box. A, you have a thing for I her. love Jamie Lee Curtis. What's your favorite Jamie Lee Curtis movie, barring the Halloween series? It comes down to two for me. It's either Trading Places or uh, True Lies. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know why you like them movies, you horn dog. <laughs> you see her boobies. Her boobies. <laughs> you see her boobies. Something about seeing Jamie Lee Curtis as a prostitute and Dan Aykroyd staying with her and not trying to have sex with her is, is fucking that's, co- I'm sorry. comedic gold. That's called love. <laughs> Speaking of which... Uh, we have a one uh, connection. You know, normally we uh, we do Moment the thing where, where I can uh, connect any movie to Ghostbusters. Uh, this one has a direct one. Uh, George P. Wilbur, who plays The Shape or Michael Myers, what have you. Uh, if you listen to the Ghostbusters 2 episode of this podcast, I gave his long rundown of many accomplishments, but he has a non-speaking role as a bailiff in Ghostbusters 2. So there's your connection. Quick one. Quickie. <clears throat> Speaking of quickies, Daniel Harris in 2018, buddy. Uh, I, I'll state this for the fact, um, because this is a constant point of uh, topic among the rant army. We kind of bring this up from time to time <laughs> that uh, our love for Daniel Harris is uh, borderline scary. <laughs> and don't don't say that because we'll, you'll be afraid of it. <laughs> well, no, I, I, worship the grin or walk on her, yeah, that she walks on will be an understatement, but it, it's appropriate was appropriate at the time for me to have a thing for Jamie when she was a kid because I was around the same age. But when we talk about these movies, and it's like, oh my God, I love Daniel Harris. Like, she's a little girl. Like, no, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> like, I don't like kids like that. I mean, I have kids. I don't like them like that. What I want to do is I want to get I want to get her pregnant. <laughs> and I want her us to have a daughter who looks just like her when she was when she was that age. That may have sounded scar- weirder than <laughs> that us. Sounds weird. Okay, I get what you mean. You though. know what I mean. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, we just kind of saw the first glimpse uh, of her with her vision of Michael uh, with the mask. How fucking awful was that mask? Uh, before we get to that, um, first of all, his name isn't Michael. It's Michael! <laughs> Michael! <laughs> My kids even do it. <laughs> okay, do you know the story of how they ended up with the mask in this film? I believe so. Go ahead. Okay. They they ordered them directly from, like, I believe it was Don Post's son. And somehow a mix-up happened, and they came, like, skin-toned with blonde hair. Which we see later on. Yes, there is a scene where one of those masks ends up in the in the film, and I and I was an adult before I noticed that. Sad to say, I'm I I've always been a person that uh, kind of picked up on things, but for whatever re- reason, probably because I saw it so much on VHS and it didn't translate. But it also spiraled from this moment of the the mask debacle into another area that actually got a couple of people fired and then almost immediately rehired. Well, half of those teams. Do you know? Who was hired initially to play Michael Myers? 
I don't. Tom Morgan. Oh yeah, yeah. He lost. He lost the job. He lost the job um, over a bunch of politics. It seems and... like he has a lot of that that happens to him. Well, he was Jason in part five, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> he was Michael in this movie for a couple of shots, but not really. Uh, let me see if I can find his name. But uh, Ken Horn. Uh, he did uh, make up for Hills Have Eyes 1 and 2, Tourist Trap, uh, Hell Knight, uh, Swamp Thing, Conan the Barbarians. I mean, well-versed. And this is the movie that made him quit the business. <laughs> but uh, because the mask came the way they did, unfortunately, you know, whether it be the director or the producers, I'm not exactly sure which uh, made the decision, but they, they said, hey, we need the, the eyes bigger and... Through that, he was like, well, I need more time because if I'm going to do this, because they had like a meshing behind the eye, so when they're filming, it wouldn't show. And he was like, if I do this quick, if Tom puts on the mask, he's going to pass out from the fumes. And they got pissed off and fired him. Like, immediately, like, fuck you, you're gone. Well, it just so happened they had somebody from Fangoria Magazine there on set that day. And that guy was like, well, I'm not going to cover this movie unless you rehire those guys. And Fangoria had so much, you know, stroke back then that they got their way. And Tom Morgan didn't get brought back, but Ken Horn got brought back. And it's funny with the tie-in with right now. I know you probably saw it today with uh, Fangoria Magazine. That, no, 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 I no, they're, they're actually uh, bringing it back. And because I guess they've, they've, I didn't even realize they've stopped. It's all online, yeah. Well, they're doing a physical copy of uh, this next issue, and it's going to have Michael Myers on the cover for the new Halloween movie. Uh, I I had... Oh, yeah, actually, you can see right behind us. um, Hefty uh, subscription. (laughs) Yeah, I I subscribed for for several years. Um, I stopped around issue 200, and then I would pick them up, you know, at an irregular pace, depending on what cover caught my fancy big horror hound guy by the way shout out once again to sean clark who was nice enough to give us an audio intro for this episode speaking of audio intros do, do we want to mention who we we kind of had and we were like fuck that okay well we were before we were deciding which halloween entry we were going to do um i got in touch with somebody from part five i'm not going to name their name you can uh figure it out the little devil wanted us to pay them for an audio intro and podcasting 101 which you know I'll admittedly we are still novices at this but we've been we've been in the game for a little while but podcasting 101 you don't pay people to be on your podcast we're giving you free publicity now our audience may be small but we are growing on a daily basis so if, if we can get WCW legend Glacier <laughs> to do a free free intro for us, I'm pretty sure uh, this horny little devil could have done one for uh, for free as well. Well, uh, to to her credit, she did message us back. So thank you very much. But you'll have to get your meth money from another person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote us on that. <laughs> Here we have the awesome, awesome uh, Donald Pleasance. Um, Returning for his third outing in the long-running Halloween series. Um, his makeup, if you will notice, uh, kind of changes f- uh, from shot to shot. Uh, there's a, a story that uh, that there's one particular appliance that um, Daniel Harris had pointed out looked like a fried egg. 
And he immediately went to the prop guys. Was like, listen, I need I need a new fucking appliance because this looks like shit. But it changes from shot to shot. But the good thing is, even with this quality, I mean, this is in. Uh, you know, we're watching on DVD right now. Yeah, we're slumming it. <clears throat> like, I but although, 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 this is the Divamax version. This is dude, I got death. hyped when this came out because <laughs> of all the extra bonus shit that came. with Oh yeah, it. this is it's it's a pretty good edition. It's got a commentary from uh, it's got two commentaries. It does I yeah. think there's one with Ellie Cornell and um, Daniel Damn. Harris, and then with the the, the director as well. Mm, no, he's the writer. Oh, speaking of which, this movie was written by Alan B. McElroy. He wrote Spawn, the TV show, and the movie. I know that's a kind of a, a big thing right now because they're rebooting the, the series with Jamie Foxx. Six! <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jai White all the way. I love Black Dynamite. It's a better movie than Spawn, but I still love Spawn. Spawn's got a special place in my in my heart. Uh, he did. Um, this is this is, blows my mind because this is. Uh, I I would never have expected him to have written this, considering the the movies that he has written. Um, but he wrote Left Behind, the the Kirk Cameron Rapture movie. <laughs> There's like a Left Behind too. <laughs> how can you have it twice? <laughs> yeah, I know how many Raptures are there. By the way, do you remember when Randy Savage stopped the Rapture? Rapture I do. R.I.P. Yeah, I love you, Randy Savage. I cried that day. You're my you're my space cowboy Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he, but he, he also wrote The Marine with John Cena! Or John Seaman. John Seaman! <laughs> um, he, he directed Wrong Turn. Uh, I enjoy the original. The, the, the original. I like the first two. First two Wrong Turns <laughs> were pretty good. But he, his unfortunate claim to fame is that he wrote what... Rotten Tomatoes considers it's, this is the worst reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And put this into perspective, it has a whopping 0% rating. When there are movies like Plan 9 from Outer Space, The Room, uh, God, uh, Oversex Rug Suckers from Mars, and this movie has a lower rating. Um, it's a little film. Uh, I was working in a video store when this came out, by the way. Uh, Ballistics X, X versus Server. Remember that movie? No, <laughs> no, you don't. It's uh, Antonio Banderas and uh, I want to say Lucy Liu. It's not on my shelf. <laughs> it's not on my shelf. <laughs> oh fuck! And it's while while we're in the uh... oh he uh, well we just passed it uh, the scene where they're finding the aftermath, but he has a cameo as a state trooper, oh. the writer of this film. Uh, the director of this movie was uh, Dwight Little. Uh, he did marked. For death with Steven Seagal. You know who else is in that movie? Yeah. Danielle Harris. Oh shit! She yeah, is. she play. I think I believe she plays Steven Seagal's daughter. And, I, and if memory serves, I believe she that may have been her second uh, screen credit. It was like in between Halloween four and five. So she's got like a Halloween Steven Seagal sandwich. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> meaty. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he uh, he directed some other good stuff. He had Phantom of the Opera, the one with Robert England, not the mm-hmm. not the shitty uh, Gerard Butler um, singing movie. Is it Gerard Butler singing movie? Oh yeah, it's directed by the guy that did Batman Forever, Joel Schumacher. Oh God! <laughs> I'm the Phantom. I'm the Phantom. I don't know. This, I don't know the, the songs, <laughs> but that's the, that's the the level of talent uh, you're hearing. Um, <laughs> he also did Free Willy too, and I, I, I and, and I want to I want to rant about this. Rant alert, motherfuckers! 
How the fuck is there a free willy too? It totally negates the purpose of the first movie. Why is there a left behind too? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you're you're right. You're the the definite definite parallels, but. You go to all this trouble to free this fucking whale and it gets captured again? Yep. Oh, by the way, that is, uh, I believe it was Bobby Brady's... Uh, wife. Yeah. Wife. Yeah, uh, Michael, or... Uh, I have his name oh, I cannot somewhere think of his name. in here in my notes. I cannot think of his uh, name. Mike Lookinland. That's it, that's it. Yeah, it was Bobby uh, Bobby Brady and the Brady Bunch, and uh, that was his wife, uh, Kelly Lookinland. Is it weird that every time I think of him, I think of him in a wheelchair and like the Brady Bunch like reunion thing? That's the sexiest thing you've said all day. <laughs> uh, this is Tom Morga that you're, when it cuts back from this reverse shot where Loomis takes a shot at him and he's gone. Uh, but the bandaged look for Michael, that is Tom Morga. Um... He's not in the movie much, but he is there. And he's not wearing hockey pads to make himself look more imposing like uh, George, George Wilbur. Wilbur did. Uh, oh, God, man, I love Donald Pleasance, though. What's your favorite non-Halloween Donald Pleasance movie? Prince of Darkness. I, it's definitely up there for me. You know that they're uh, they're in talks to do a um, Prince of Darkness Television series? What? What is the kick right now? Everyone want to do fucking TV series? About yeah, it? Is, it, is Ash and Evil Dead? Is that what I, it is? I'm, I'm think. Well, TV has become a better medium for telling stories. You know, <clears throat> in some cases than movies. Oh. So, so I get it. Where's the quote? Sorry. What? Maggie. Maggie. <laughs> You'll hear that all throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they use the same like five sound effects for bullets hitting. Donald Pleasance has bad. Well, not Donald Pleasance, but uh, but Doctor Loomis has bad trouble with uh, things exploding near him. <laughs> how the fuck did he survive <laughs> Halloween Two? Well, I'll tell you how. They were in the original script. Um, they had a scene that was going to bridge the gap between Part Two and this film, where it was going to show Loomis being like propelled out of the building one. The explosion happened, but uh, the director, Dwight Little, didn't want to connect too much to this part two. He wanted this, in a, in a sense, to kind of be more of a direct sequel to part one, which seems to be in fashion these days. Hey, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm not hating either. Um, and I think this is definitely, although H2O has its fans, and I'm not going to say that I hate H2O, but I do. Um I think this is going to spawn better things than God, H2O I did. I fucking hope so, because we got Resurrection out of H2O, and I fucking hate that movie. <sighs> I love this series so much, and I, I, I've literally, I've had that box set now for so many years, almost four years now, and I think I've watched it once, and cause, it's because the kids wanted to watch it, and they're like, Dad, this isn't good. Okay, um, a little, little bit of trivia for Halloween Resurrection. Uh, we're, we're, where we are recording, we're right down the road. From Knoxville, Tennessee. The positive quote on the back of the box for Halloween Resurrection is from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Is it really? It really is. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's over there. there. You have to yeah. travel through a bunch of nonsense to, to even get to it on my large shelf of... These are my babies. Yeah, we, we should let everyone know we're actually uh, deep within the Black Lodge now. Yeah, we're recording in a different room. We're uh, we're testing out some new audio equipment to see if we can get a better sound. Because I know you want to hear these deep, dark tones of this sexual voice. Judd's mom is wet right now. I can uh, 
Yeah, it's the this Niagara Falls. You could drown a toddler in her panties. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's true. Oh, did the tie-in that they uh, they have with this as well? Because her little the the girl that right here driving, her name is Lindsay. Uh, there's a, kind of like an urban legend uh, myth that that's actually little Lindsay that was getting uh, was babysitted by Annie in the original. Yes, and uh, she ended up over with Tommy Doyle. In the uh, the original, look at that fucking hair on all three. I, know, I can't think of her name because uh, her character is actually uncredited, but she's she's been in stuff. I bet she has. She has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what else was shot in this drugstore? I do. And it's, it's everybody's favorite movie. It's, it's fucking Sandlot. Not just the Sandlot. What else? Uh, I know the Sandlot for Stan, sure. Uh, Stephen King's The, the Stand. Stand. Yes, because. Uh, what you call it? The dude from fucking Coach. <laughs> Dauber! <laughs> yeah! That scene, he's, it's, there, it's right around there, is it not? Like right in the... the yes. I think it's Gary Sinise as well. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking movie, man. I remember, I, I, I was like, oh, cool, the stand. I'm like, oh, it's two tapes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> Molly Ringwald's in that movie, too. Oh, man. Stephen King has been done so poorly that even when, like, a mediocre movie, like the new It, comes out, that people go fucking nuts for it. And yes, I said it. It's mediocre. I still haven't seen it. There's a lot of movies I'm trying to catch up on. Actually, uh, one of the movies I'm trying to catch up on right now is Whiplash. Whiplash was really good. I, I'm a big uh, big fan of... Oh, my God. What is his name? I'm such a big fan. I can't think of his name. The guy that plays the instructor? Oh, my God. He was J. Jonah Jameson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh my god, yeah, the instructor. I can't think of his name either. He won an Oscar for that fucking yeah, he, movie. He's, he's incredible. Well, I just started watching clips of it, and I was like, oh. But yeah, but like horror movies, there's a lot of new horror movies I haven't fucking seen yet. Just, I haven't really had Because you're not a real fan. Time, playing too much Friday the 13th. Yeah, still kicking that dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> Got my $40 worth. Uh, I, I, well, it's, a free, it's free now on the PlayStation Network of, or is, yeah, yeah PlayStation Network or play, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, God, I don't know. I don't know my terms. I'm I'm tech deaf. Uh, but uh, I would I recommend everybody go check that out. A lot better than that day, Dead by Daylight bullshit. Oh my God, the game fucking blew. Yeah, it was free. We downloaded it. We played it a couple of times. It was not fun. Um. So, where does Rachel, Ellie Cornell, rank in your pantheon of Final Girls? Just Not in just Halloween, but like in horror slasher movies in general. She has such a redeeming quality. Like, she, she's so, she so much reminds me of uh, Jane as Laurie in the original. She seems very pure. The thing I like about her... Except for when she's making out Sasha Jensen. Yeah, Sasha Jensen playing... Uh, Brady. Brady. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> She's supposed to be the plain girl, and Kathleen Kinmont, uh, who plays uh, Sheriff Meeker's daughter, is supposed to be the sexy one. And I have to say, like as a kid, I was, I was a big fan of those, those boobies that you don't see. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, as a more seasoned, mature lover, <laughs> I, 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 I prefer miles on your cock. I, I prefer, <laughs> I just rolled the odometer over. <laughs> Judd's mom's been going to town on that. We're just going to beat the de that dead horse today. Judd's mom. It's like roast beef uh, beat with a with a salad fork. I don't even know what the fuck that means. 
Uh, this uh, this kid you're about to see uh, the reflection where she has the psychic vision of Michael. Uh, he he tested for another role, and it was probably one of the kids at the school. Yeah, like one of the I think it was one of the bullies, and they're like, "No, you look more like a child psychopath." Good cool. for you. Cool. <laughs> look at those fucking acid wash jeans. Yeah. With the, the the strap up to her chin. That was, that's how they wore them back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, Kathleen Kenmont plays our, uh, this, the, uh, I guess she'd be kind of, uh, the secondary villain of this movie in, in kind of a way. Yeah. I mean, like, she's not a, she's not a bad person, but I mean, like, she oh. she's definitely opposed to... To Ellie's character well, later Rachel. on, you know, we'll get to it too. But when they're she's making the coffee and everything, she's kind of a cunt. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but I mean, she she plays Kelly Meeker, the daughter of Sheriff Meeker, who uh, a lot of people kind of re- believe to be the best sheriff um, because he takes action a lot quicker. He's not like uh, all the other ones. They're like, I don't know, we'll just kind of play it by ear. Sheriff Brackett, yeah, Sheriff Brackett, or and the sheriff uh, after Meeker and. Um, uh, curse Michael Myers. He doesn't. He's like, "Fuck you, get out of here." We gotta have eight or nine people die before we do anything. <laughs> yeah, well, they said he'd be out this way. I'm like, well, of course, I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> uh, Fuck. But Kathleen Kinmont was in a bunch of things. Uh, have you ever seen the Snake Eater movies with Lorenzo Lamas? <laughs> I can't say. That. Well, you, you're missing out. They're fucking awesome. But she was in Sn- Snake Eater Two, the Drug Buster. <laughs> She, but she was also she was also in Bride of Reanimator, and where you don't see her boobies in that movie, or in this movie, you do see them in that one, and they are spectacular. She was also in Hard Bodies, a classic eighties mm-hmm. uh, teen sex comedy, and she was in Fraternity Vacation with Tim Robbins. So she got around, and I mean that figuratively and literally. I love Tim Robbins as well. Yes, yes, yes. This uh, this gentleman playing uh, the preacher. Uh, his name is Carmen Philby. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, he, need... he plays a lot of like drunk characters, as he is in this movie. So he's more of a character actor. Yeah, well, better he just like to drink. <laughs> you got to settle this for me. Is is this the same man who played Blue in Old School? Uh, I believe no, God, no, because they could be no. related. But he was the old man in, in the bar. In the wedding singer, you know the part where yeah, yeah he he takes the punch and like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're teaching him to moonwalk. That's fucking fun. Uh, he he was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, uh, Alligator Two, The Mutation, Wayne's World, and Ed Wood, which one of my all time favorite films. Um, a little bit of trivia, even though like he acted on a consistent basis, he evidently had a hard time remembering his lines so the director had to feed them to him off off screen that see see the appliance on his face doesn't it look like a fried egg it does i will say something about this movie too if uh i always say this i didn't never really notice it until i started watching with my kids but how fast this movie goes like we're already a good chunk of the of the way through this movie well, one of the reasons is uh, the director, Dwight Little, mainly did action. So this movie, it's it shot more like an action movie, even though it has a lot of heart and it's uh, character-driven. It, it's still 
cut and paste like like an action movie. Much like the Steven Seagal film that came afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Steven Seagal movie? Oh, fuck. I honestly can't think of any off the top of my head. That's the correct answer. <laughs> They're all the same. He hits. He gets into a fight with like 30 people. They don't land one punch on him. They, they fight him one at a time. He punches them and he says something like, you should have fought me at the same time. Like, well, maybe if they wrote the the script in a realistic way, they would have, you pretentious fuck. I think I could have give, given you, like, four Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that were better than any Steven, one St- Steven Seagal movie. Do it. <laughs> I will. Uh, of course you're going to say Bloodsport. Okay, Bloodsport is awesome. Bloodsport is fucking awesome. Uh, I will, Kickboxer is also fucking awesome. Uh, there's two movies... That one, one has Michael Rooker, and it's Replicant. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, yes, I have seen it. I enjoy that movie, because they, they take the blood from, like, a serial killer, and they, they make a fucking club. I'm going to fucking choke. I'm trying to drink. <laughs> Michael Rooker, he's, he's beating the shit out of the clone, and it's fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme, and you feel bad. But the next scene, you'll see it, the original serial killer Jean-Claude Van Damme. And there's another movie, and it has, uh, has Lawrence Taylor in it, and it's uh, From Hell. Lawrence Taylor uh, headlined WrestleMania. That's his claim to fame. He never did anything else. He's not in the NFL or anything. No, he's not the GOAT or anything, no. He 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 won the main event of WrestleMania 11, which is generally lauded as the greatest WrestleMania, it's right all- behind WrestleMania 9. Wrestling talk for those of you who don't, who don't understand what we're talking about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so the music in this movie uh, was done by Alan Haworth. Ho- uh, he did a lot of stuff with uh, Carpenter. He was like a freaking frequent collaborator with him, which was kind of, always find kind of strange because Carpenter is a accomplished composer in his own right. I, I guess maybe he didn't want sometimes to have the be bogged down with, you know, directing and writing the music. So maybe that's how this all came to be. But uh, all the same, uh, Howarth is my my second favorite composer of the series. I mean, there's there's no touching that original score. The new one sounds pretty good. I don't know if you well, heard it. Carpenter came yes. back, and uh, I believe he and his son collaborated on that. Cody Carpenter is his name. But uh, Howarth has done a, a bunch of stuff. I mean, basically every great '80s movie. Um, Escape from New York. He did Halloween two, three, four, five, and six. Um, one of the cuts of six. The, my, my 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 the latter my one my favorite one of the two, I like the director the producer's cut. I uh, well, we just, we just had a uh, poll on our uh, on our Facebook group and uh, I don't think anybody voted for the theatrical the cut. Such a fucking mess. <sighs> producer's cut sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it still at least makes some kind of sense. It 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 is more logical. Yeah, but still not a good movie. Speaking of uh, Sheriff Meeker, I actually popped up on my YouTube channel today. And it was a clip from Goodfellas, and I always forget he plays Henry Hill's dad yes, in Goodfellas. Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, his uh, his name's Bo Starr. He was in Fletch with Chevy Chase. Great fucking movie. Um, really, really underrated. Born, uh, born, I can't talk. Born on the 4th of July with um, Tom Cruise. Goodfellas, as you said. He was in 66 episodes of Due South, which uh, evidently was quite popular, but I have no fucking idea what it is, and I didn't bother looking it up. <laughs> That's what Google's for, so if you want to know, go and do your own damn homework. He was also in Cinderella Man, the boxing movie. That movie's fucking awesome. I mean, that's one of his... I had one of his last roles then, because I... Yes, uh, he, uh... I believe that may actually have been his last 
Or maybe not. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking informative thing, though. <laughs> Uh, uh, back to Holworth real quick, um, because uh, he he did uh, music for Christine, Big Trouble, Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, uh, and pretty much every Carpenter pretty, movie. Pretty much every Carpenter movie, and even if like it's the lesser Carpenter movies, and he did the, the music for it, like that that stuff sticks with you, man. I Prince of Darkness was we were just talking about. I don't know what it is about that movie, but the music really, really puts me on edge. It's just it's just a good movie overall. Though. Yeah, yeah, but the music is like if you took the music out of that movie, I don't think well, it would work. Just like with the original. I mean, honestly, if you took the original out of Halloween, it'd just be another. Uh, it's another movie. Another that? another movie where a, a white faced William Shatner stalks coeds. <laughs> I'm all for that. Which actually brings me to uh, a. A question, and this comes from Judd, and I want to get it out of the way because I don't think he he meant this to be serious, but I'm going to uh, include it anyways, if I can find it. Cops do it by the book. Uh, yeah, they do. Oh, you got cop! What a what a hoary outfit to be giving out candy candy in. Oh, God damn it. Why can't I find that question? She's so brokenhearted. Why would you do that to that beautiful lady? Okay. What other celebrity would you have rather seen Michael's mask made out of? And that comes from fucking Judd. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray? Well, we already have that movie. It's called uh, Halloween 6. Because <laughs> every time I see that mask, it's the first thing that pops in my head. I saw it today at Party City, and I thought of you. Oh, well, oh, thank you. <laughs> he does. He looks like Bill Murray from Scrooge. He's got the big wild hair, and I don't know what it is, but that's the first thing that pops in my head. If if I were to make it like in terms of like who, who in 1978 I would have wanted... And, and there's there's really only one answer, and that's Clint Eastwood. Oh my God! How fucking imposing that would be, dirty Harry with a knife. <laughs> um, but 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 I have to say that the first thing that popped in my head overall, Steve Buscemi, because that's the most terrifying face on a human being. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a pale faced Steve Buscemi with a butcher knife coming at you? I think I'd shit and vomit simultaneously. <laughs> That I would die of dehydration before he could even stab me. Sir, I'm gonna need a second. I need to change my pants so I can run. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes in this movie is about to come up, and it's so fucking stupid. And it's there's like three of them in this movie that always stick with me, and this is one of them. It's about to come up. These fucking hillbillies. I mean, I know they're rednecks, like. Everywhere, but generally we associate rednecks with the South. Oh, here, here it comes. Hold on. His facial expressions. He's <laughs> just looking here. He's driving, by the way. You got it. You got it, Earl. That's fucking, that was the payoff. You got it, Earl. Not no way. Not no how. <laughs> the hillbillies. Oh my god. So speaking of Earl, that's Gene Ross. He he's been in a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's one of those like faces you've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff and like would never know his name. He's he's that the definition of that guy. 
But he was in The Legend of Boggy Creek, Don't Look in the Basement, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and for the life of me, like, I don't know fucking where? <laughs> but evidently, like, evidently he's in the movie. There's like no, unless he's just part of like the police crew at the he's, very beginning. He's got it, he's got it, he has, got to, it. He has nobody, to be. There's nobody else. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he's like, a, when like, they find Jason at the barn, maybe he's one of the those guys. He has to be. I, So I, that's the only, I mean, I know that movie like the back of my hand and I can't recall him. Uh, he was in Cloak and Dagger uh, with Dabney Coleman, and I know a lot of people have probably never seen that movie. But if you love video games, that was the that was the jam back in the eighties. Uh, he was in The Goonies uh, yet again. Couldn't fucking tell you. He might have been one of fucking the sloth. I don't know. <laughs> I know for a fact he wasn't. Sloth. He might have been Chunk. <laughs> sure, he's that good. He's such a good character actor. He played a tiny chubby. That's a uh, oxymoron. A tiny chubby boy. Um, he was also in Lost Highway, directed by David Lynch, who supplied a bit of the name of this podcast. So salute, Mr. Lynch. We all love you. Except for Eddie, who's probably not seen many David Lynch things. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. I probably have. Well, you need to get you need to get on that. It'll blow your fucking mind. Oh my God, it's Bucky. Can so, I have you? I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call the authorities. So Bucky's an in joke uh, from uh, the prop. I think it was like the prop master uh, put his name on the hat just as like an in joke. So the character. Uh, by proxy became named Bucky, whereas before he wasn't going to have a name at all. But I, I like that. I like that uh, this guy had a sense of humor enough to... God, dude, this mask fucking sucks. I think I hate this mask. Oh, God. The next three are fucking awful. So when you go from four, five, and six, they're all shit. Five is pretty fucking bad, though. It's just the hair and the it... neck on part five just really, really stick out. It's like Jack Nicholson, like hairline. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like man, his fucking mask is terrible. Uh, so you wanna you wanna answer some more? Yeah, let's do more this. Questions, because my God, we have quite. A this few. is the most. I think this is the most questions we've actually been asked. For a movie. Yeah, I think we ended up with like 12 or 13. I'll ask this one right off the top of the bat because Scott, fat fuck Scott, submitted it last minute. Um, and uh, he, he, I'm not going to read it verbatim. He wanted to know, of the top four slashers, who would win in a fight? Now, I'm just going to say, for the record, Jason, I'm not going to explain why. But the thing I want to dissect about this is that the four he listed was Freddy, Jason, Michael, and Chucky, the motherfucking killer doll. If Leatherface is not in the top four, and Chucky is, there's something wrong with you, Scott. I know you drink on a regular basis. Oh, I would say an irregular basis, <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, if, if Chucky and Leatherface, I mean, the Child's Play movies are probably better overall than some of the, especially the later. That's like saying, that's like adding like Leprechaun. Like, it's not going to be in your big four. <laughs> no, it's not. Le Le Leprechaun's not in your top ten. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Chucky. I really do. But ha seriously, fuck you, Scott. Get your shit together, man. I'm going to put you in a program because evidently you need it because you're drinking just a tad <laughs> bit too much. Actually, One. I really wish I, actually, I got my phone right now and just played some of his drunken voice messages. Oh, that, that would get us thrown off the internet, and that's hard to do, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> One drink over the line, sweet Jesus. 
He also wanted to know why was the mask altered so much. I mean, we, we touched on that a little bit, but it, it essentially comes down to, to likeness rights of William Shatner. The cast was Don Post. Uh, they he owns the rights. Well, to yeah, it like, and, the original the original master. Like, I mean, and their heads are like, yeah, this is gonna be an awesome movie. But in reality, they're probably like, yeah, no one's gonna fucking see this movie. So why does it matter? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it blew up. I'm like, oh shit, we didn't ask for permission to use this. Um, I mean, it's you would think it would be really simple to get the mask right, but as evident, like my and as much as I hate. Uh, part four and part five. My least favorite mask is from H two O, and yes. that's the the like super super white short hair, one. the short haired one. Yeah, yeah, like it, it just it doesn't look right at all. Uh, what's your favorite of the of the series? I mean, I'm always going to enjoy the first one just because it's just the original, you know. Um, and it's tough. I, I will say the second mask they use in H two O is not terrible. Not the original one. That the 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 one that um, John Beekler made. Yes, I like I like that mask more. Um, Resurrection's mask does not do it for me at all. Like if, when you think back, I mean, they're all kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing is, you like you said, even with all these movies, you think they'd have a, some kind of consistency. I mean, at least in Friday the Thirteenth, they have it's very consistent with the mask. Um, the clothing and everything, the the whole myth of Jason kind of is kind of murky. The first couple movies, like how he's you know has all the hair, and then the next in part three he has no hair. Well, let's not get off on a whole tangent because I could do an entire podcast on on uh, on that. But dream sequence explains everything away. Well, true, but like in my head, it, you think that they would be able to have a common median of like, okay, this is pretty simple. Let's not fuck this up, and then. They fuck it up every yeah, movie. They, 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 now, yes, they do. <laughs> I will say, uh, just I'm, from everything I've seen from the new Halloween, I'm going to put it over so much. The mask looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. And they they went back to basics. Now, obviously, they you know they degraded it and stuff in a more realistic manner. Not like than, a Rob Zombie. Yeah, which was just no. Now, I will say the the mask in the when he's little. Michael and Rob Zombies, when it, before it's all deteriorated, yeah. it's not a bad looking mask. Which I did not know they produced that until I went to Spirit of Halloween. You know, I didn't it, know that either until you had told me that. Um, I, I I work in a full time, full year round haunted house, um, and this year we're having Michael in our haunted house. Now we got the the Trick or Treat Studios uh, Halloween Two mask, but we had all these options, and my boss. Um, was gung ho ready about getting that Michael Myers mask, and I'm like uh, the one from the Rob Zombie movie, and I'm like, hey, hey pump those brakes real quick, because I don't want that in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and uh, but I I actually looked at it. I even tried it on. I'm like, this actually looks great, and I'm that's the first time in that movie. What came out in 2007? So this is 11 years ago. That's the first time I've ever seen yeah. one of those masks where it didn't have all the deterioration to it. They really should have held off a year. Um, to 2008 for that movie to come out for, because you have this nice consistency of like the anniversaries. Uh, before I get to questions, I want to point something out that the in this uh, in this is this the school they're in right no, now. No, this is just the police station. Police station. Okay, well, I'll bring it up later when they're in the school. I guess I should halfway be pay- paying attention to what's happening in the movie, but we're having too much fun bullshitting. All right, here's a here's a good question. If part three was a new story. Why did they go back to the old story in part four? That's from Sam Witt. It's because they didn't draw money 
off part three because they, they, you know, it's season of the witch. That's why this movie is called the return of Michael Myers because they didn't want people to think Michael wasn't in this movie. So that's why his mask is front and center on this poster. That's why it says the return of Michael Myers. And then that's why. Uh, I, I think you answered that. I don't need to add anything yeah. to it, but there was a comment on, on this question, uh, from a person I won't I won't name because I'm gonna bury them pretty good. It's like, well, they did it because part three sucked. No, part three didn't suck. You suck because you have a narrow minded idea of what a movie has to be. Now, yeah, they probably shouldn't call the movie Halloween three season, season of the witch. Yeah, Just season of the witch. But it's judge it on its own merits. It's a really good movie. And if you want to know more, you can go back in our archives and listen to our Halloween 3 episode, which was our third episode. What? Come to think, that was a year ago, man. Fuck, dude. Yeah. We, I've been on how many of these? Too fucking many. Too fucking many. And uh, it's kind of weird because this is the first two-man podcast that we've done uh, in quite since a while. Then. No, we did, uh, we did No Holds Barred. I think that might have been the last one we did yeah. with two-man. Well, I mean, this, uh, me okay. and you doing Halloween 3 yeah. was the first time we did a two-man podcast, and we've kind of done like, the three-man booth since then. I just want to just want to state how uh, fucking oblivious this cop is to not realize Michael Myers is in the back of his fucking car. That's because he's, uh, he's he's high on edibles. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's literally no... Cl- I'm curious how he's actually laying, because you can't really tell. He's got his... He's, yeah. He's, he's doing butt stuff. Like, he has to look. He literally has to look. <laughs> He's look. Did you see he looked that way? Did you see that? I will say they give, give that for continuity. And then motherfucker. Like, really? It would have been great if they pulled up like, you have someone in your fucking backseat. This would be a lot shorter movie. Um, <laughs> Michael probably would have killed them all, too. Well, Michael's got kind of a, uh, a mischievous uh, nature to him where he, he wants to fuck with you as much as he wants to kill you. And I think that's one of the elements that makes him scary is that I mean, yeah, he could he could kill you at any time, but he he's almost getting enjoyment more out of the sense the looming sense of dread that whether or not you're aware of it or or not. It was just like the the first movie. I mean, he sets up all these almost like practical jokes for Lori when she walks in with Bob falling and uh, Annie and uh, God, what's PJ Soul's character's name? I cannot think. Linda. Lin- Linda. Yeah. Fuck. See anything you like. Boobies. <laughs> boobies. I want to get this out of the way because this movie has no boobies in it. I'm going to say tits because there's no tits in this movie. Yes. Uh, one of our ongoing uh, segments that I'm going to be officially naming right now. Oh, shit. Um, t-shirt time. T-shirt time. Stank dicks. Sorry, sorry I just fucked it up. <laughs> Stank dick eddies. Titty tally. <laughs> there are zero titties. <laughs> zero titties in this movie. And with that in mind, I think this might be a good opportunity to sex this movie up. Hold on, before we do that, right now is my... This is my second favorite quote. Shit, Earl. It's Ted Hollister. <laughs> it's fucking, it's the most random. That makes me laugh every time. Let's sex it up, though. Right. <clears throat> Ooh, but speaking of sexing it up... Yeah. This, this was a huge boner killer as a kid. <laughs> and you get like a hashtag zipper rash going on. And, and you have this... Beautiful reveal of those melon globed boobies, and and they they appear to be unsheathed, and then they fucking PG the shit out of Dude, it. They, it's bad. Like they legit, like she dives into his chest, and you cannot see her tits. Like who takes a bra off this way? She's like, uh, she falls. Like it's about to happen. Well, Kathleen Kinmont, evidently. Well, didn't she show her titties before this in a movie? Uh, she shows 
them full on display in Bride of Reanimator. Now, bear in mind, I mean, she's um, kind of a Frankenstein Frankenstein mess. Here we go. So, who takes a bra off like that? Not well. I guess I get this part, but it's right here. Yeah, that's weird. See, they could at least had a back shot. They could, they could have at least had uh, half a nip. Black bar that thing and just have it like divided. <laughs> that's all I needed as a kid. You kids have it so easy with your with your ex hamster and your 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 porn hub and your whoreporncom <laughs> He's giving a thumbs up to the microphone. This is an audio <laughs> podcast, you dumb fuck. Uh, hey, I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Was that for my benefit? Yeah, to make me laugh? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna thumbs up this microphone to make you laugh. I love you hear a bra under the fucking couch cushion, too. Yeah. Let's what say, I, what? I mean, like, seriously, like, you got company coming over. And <laughs> <laughs> your titties are hanging out. You ain't wearing no goddamn pants. Like, I mean, like, Sheriff Meeker knows what's up. Because it doesn't he give uh, Brady a talk, like, hey. If I know you wrote my, my daughter, I'm gonna use that shotgun on you. You understand? He's like, Fuck yeah. yeah. And then Michael B. He's like, how awkward How awkward is that? The chick that you're like trying to do, and then the chick you're currently trying to do, are in the same house under dire circumstances where they can't leave. Yeah, this movie could easily be re- rewritten as kind of like yeah. a hilarious, like, madcap comedy. Like, we'll go around. <laughs> it's like every fucking 90s movie. Here, here it is. Here it is. This line makes sense. If something's wrong, you should probably call my parents. <laughs> it fucking says. <laughs> you got the sheriff. Yep, here it is. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Let's sex it up. So, me, 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 sex it up, sex it up. Whoa, it's got a wiener. <laughs> it's Italian. Yeah. All right. Uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't come up with much for this other than a title, but I think it's a hell of a title. Michael Myers has been long forgotten. He's been in a coma from a autoerotic asphyxiated accident uh, <laughs> ten years earlier, but suddenly he is awakened from his coma. The smell of foul pussy. <laughs> What's Paul Pussy smell like? I don't know, like but it, but it, but it makes it makes him wake up. <laughs> so, this film, which obviously is rated X, is is called Halloweener Four: The Reach Around of Michael Myers. You're welcome. This is so fucking stupid. I could I couldn't think of any character names other than Doctor Gumas. <laughs> I know, and that's what oh, makes it good. Shit. And that was Sex It Up. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a genius. Golf clap. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> All right, let's ask. Let's answer another question. Fuck. And this uh, this will be a quick one. This comes from Titty Flip and Travis, who made his debut on the podcast uh, last month. And so. I, I'll go out of my way to say I, I've been listening a lot the last couple episodes. Uh, that actually is probably one of my favorite episodes. I, I, I agree. I think it may be our best episode. Uh, so we'll be having Titty Flip and Travis back on the podcast sometime down the road. But his question... Uh, why didn't you cover Halloween Resurrection? Tackle it, Eddie. 
my god. <sighs> to be honest with you, Travis really is not into horror movies. So Travis has probably never seen Halloween Resurrection, so he doesn't know how shitty Halloween Resurrection actually is. But you know what? That motherfucker is coming to town, I believe it's tomorrow night. And I'm going to make him fucking watch it over the weekend. Oh, my God. Well, good good luck, Travis. The movie fucking blows. It has Buster Rhymes in it. You kill off uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character within the first 15 minutes. Uh, the special effects are eh. It's just the whole fucking movie is just a shit show. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and it and effectively killed this franchise DOA and gave us a reboot. Yes. And on top of that... Uh, I actually got into an argument with people. I was telling you about this the other day, where they were trying to have an uh, like a, a. To them, they thought what was a better movie, what was worse than H two O and Resurrection. Yes, I remember you telling and me. And how about the this. fuck could you ever put H two O under Resurrection? Like Resurrection is shit. Resurrection and Part Five are the the worst fucking movies in this franchise. Fight me, <laughs> my fucking. Or are you are you putting? No, and Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. No, because that, that, that's that, to me that's a whole separate thing. Um, because uh, to me, like it's 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 well made, but it is a terrible movie. Well, it's like I told you, if you uh, you could have done the entire Halloween one. I like I told you, I wanted to re-edit it and take a lot of the shit out from him being like, "Oh, kid, leave me alone, kill my rat," <laughs> and then literally started off from where his mom goes to work, he kills the, the stepdad, he kills Judith. And you, you really don't see the whole interaction of him in the fucking uh, asylum. It literally just cuts to when he's older, and then he escapes. And not the not the way they escape in the like the unrated cut, where like the Courtney Gaines is fucking raping yeah, the, the rape scene. You mean like where uh, Bill, Bill Mosley? Where I saw it in theaters, the theatrical yeah. cut. Yes. Yes, I, I I agree with you. Um, and um, Travis, the um, to answer your question in the simplest terms, Halloween Resurrection didn't win the poll, so that's why we're not doing it. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, Travis. All right, this is another, another question from Sam Witt. Why is this series timeline so confusing as they progress to new films? Now, <clears throat> agreeably, this movie has diverging timelines oh, all God. over Let, the place. Let's, let's break it down really quick. So you have Halloween one, two, um, four, five. Six is all a consistent storyline. Uh, you have Halloween 1, 2, and H2O and Resurrection. You have Rob Zombie's Halloween 1, 2. And then now you're going to have Halloween the original and the 2018 Halloween. Plus you have Halloween 3 as a standalone film. So it, it's very confusing. If you're not a fan of this series, you're just not going to get it. I think you, uh, you uh, set that up pretty good. Um, so I'm going to uh, not add anything to that. We have, uh, this comes from Ben Hawkins. It's Fat Fuck Scott. Should we get him on the, on the podcast? Uh, no, I just muted him uh, because I can't be sure what he'll say. That's true. <laughs> You'll get your your shot on a later podcast, Scott, once you're out of uh, podcast attention for your bad behavior. <laughs> All right, this comes from Ben Hopkins. Why is there no music video tie-in for any of the Halloween films? Friday the 13th had Alice Cooper, Nightmare on Elm Street had Dawkin, and Hellraiser had Motorhead. What's Michael's grip with music? Or gripe with music. I apologize about that. I I thought for sure um, that there were that there were uh, music video tie-ins in the earlier movies, but there's not. However, there is a music video tie-in 
for Halloween H2O. Do you remember what it is? It is. It's uh, it's Creed, isn't it? Creed. What's his life So, yes, Michael Myers hates there's, music. When you, when you think, when you break it down, there's not a whole lot of actual music. Halloween 1 had uh, Don't Fear the Reaper when they're riding in the car. That's true. Uh, Halloween 2, I cannot think of a, a specific song. Mr. Sandman. Oh, that, yeah, the beginning. No, no, fuck. And then you have just that little bit of uh, Night, uh, Night of Living Dead. It's the only thing I can literally think of that's not part of the soundtrack. That's true. Part three is uh, uh, Happy Happy Halloween, which is, you know, London Bridge falling down. Four, there's nothing. Five, there's, uh, what's the song she's listening to, uh, Rachel's listening to, the Romeo song? Yeah. I, offhand, I, I really There's a couple remember. songs in that one, but there's nothing really big. Uh, part six, there's that Fool's Rush In song, it's what it's called. But when you get to, really, it's not until you get to H2O, you hear Creed playing in the background yeah. when they're in the, uh. Yeah, and and of everybody you could have tied your uh, your franchise to, you Creed. You really you really uh, wussed out on that one. Um, I think the other the others. And you don't of, yeah, and you really don't get music heavy till Rob Zombies, which because it's Rob Zombie. Um, the soundtrack is awesome. Yeah. Do I think it fits in the movie? No, no, not at all. I don't. Especially God when they play Love Hurts yeah, and his that's mom the one is just, tripping. That's what just popped in my head too. You're, you're confusing my boner, dude. You're confusing <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, this comes from uh, Jer- uh, Justin Proctor. Which Halloween Final Girl is your favorite? And why? Well, we actually kind of already covered you can, that. Kind of go over. The, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to go Jamie Lee Curtis hands down because she is like a fine fucking wine. She is hot. I don't know what it is. And we already talked about the whole thing where she could be, she couldn't be a female. No one knows. Like that's like always been the urban legend. Well, I tell you, who does know? She knows, and uh, her husband Christopher Guest, star of This Is Spinal Tap, knows. Uh, either he's uh, either he's going down on her little weenus, or uh, he's uh, uh, licking her oversized <laughs> clit. I don't know. I don't know what's going on down but, there. And that's not to be like rude either, because I mean, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I've always heard that rumor, but to me, no matter I, what, I think it's bullshit. I think so too. But either way, if she was still a Hermie, <laughs> a Hermie, <laughs> I'm after that, bro. Is that is that slang for? I've never heard that before. Uh, yeah, Hermie. Oh no, that's that's very like like '90s kids of us to have like oh, a, a bad day. If it's not by the way, by, by the way, I'm an early '90s kid. Don't don't lump me in with your your hey, sorry ass hey, generation. I, Fuck you. I was I was born a couple of months before this movie actually came out. Oh, good for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like if, if if we had to take Lori out of the picture, um, it's it's Rachel for me. And, all and, the and way. I mean, it has to be Rachel for the. I can't I can't call. I can't call Jamie a final girl, even though she is, because she's a child. Otherwise, it would be Jamie. Technically, she is a final girl in part two, or Rob Zombie's part one. Because no, she survives, no, 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 but... No, no, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. No, no. Not Daniel no. Harris. No, because that, that'd be creepy. Oh, we yeah. By, by the way, uh, I know that uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween is is a polarizing film, but it's worth existing for no other reason than we got to see Daniel, Daniel Harris topless. And I will tell you, when I went and saw that movie, I used to uh, date this girl, and that was like one of our first dates. Was we went and saw Halloween in theaters, and like I saw Daniel Harris's tits, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Jamie's tits!" And it threw me <laughs> through a fucking loop. I was like, "Oh, oh, there's something we missed too." Uh, there's a scene where uh, the uh, the police officer, he's sitting in the chair rocking, and I did not notice this until I had my Blu-ray copy where you can see Michael's mask just a hint in the yeah. background. And like I said, in the Blu-ray, like we've talked about in the past with you know Blu-ray, you start to notice these things you've never seen before, and it's fucking awesome. I mean, 
uh, up the upscaling quality of films is both a positive and a negative. Like, because I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me. Like I, I won't buy it on Blu-ray because they cleaned it up so much it loses its its oomph. But a lot of these uh, slasher movies have more style to them than than you would think. They, you see this guy's fucking head a couple times. Same shot in this movie. Oh, oh yeah, when he's like... Like, there's a scene... Sexy. Well, there's a scene when he co- uh, Michael goes for... I can see the mesh. I just noticed yeah. that. Um, there's a scene when he goes for uh, Brady... And they're, they're, he comes at Brady, and it's literally a, a shot from him downstairs. Yeah. And it's real bad, like, obvious. Well, I mean, that's... Sometimes in editing, you've got to kind of, like, you know, reuse stuff to kind of... And I get into, like, technical terms. Things are called crossing your lines and directionality. And so it's, it's hard to, like, keep things. You have to flip shots, even though, like, maybe it doesn't go with, like, the rest of the... Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. I'm not gonna get into it, but editing is a uh, is a fickle mistress. Uh, I will say uh, Ellie Cornell. She has actually gotten hotter as well, getting older. Like she like to me, she looks like she still has like a baby face, like like that chunky baby face. You know what I mean? I don't know how old she was when she did this. I mean, she's got to be like early twenties. Well, yeah. Like, like, Kathleen looks a lot older, like, just in the face. Because she's had some miles put on them. <laughs> on those boobas. What other questions we got here? Uh, th- this one, I think, is going to be uh, directed more towards me. Why do you fucks keep changing the intro music? <laughs> well, uh, Sarah. <laughs> that was nice. Sarah, uh, first off, thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Secondly, it's my podcast, so I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. Uh, actually, the the easy question is that uh, the initial music, uh, I just lost it, and I was recording uh, recording and editing this podcast on my phone, and you have no idea how much trouble that is, so I didn't bother re-downloading it, so I went to something else. And uh, the, the original idea was always to have Anthrax's Black Lodge as as the intro music for this podcast, and it just, uh, it, it's one of those, like, slow outro fades, and it just, it takes too long. So I went back to the I other, am the law. I am the law, Anthrax. Love those guys. Saw them uh, earlier this year. They're still kicking ass and taking names. We missed one of our favorite, my, my other favorite quotes. It's metal. God damn it, it's metal. What does that mean? <laughs> We're trapped in this house. <laughs> look at that. Look how shitty that mask looks. God, it looks fucking awful. Look at that. I feel it's like... Just, it, okay, George Wilbur wore pads. Pads, yeah, hockey pads. And there's just something... I mean, you can you can tell, and I didn't know that as a kid. It just... It, his posture was, like, off to me. And it's square in his shoulders. Yeah. And I think the way he's bunched up actually makes the, the right mask... See look, it? You see the door? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. It actually makes the mask look worse than it would... Otherwise, yeah, and it's it's squarely because of the way it's like hanging on him. And I was I'm not defending it as a as a good quality mask. Otherwise, but I will say I think his movements and stuff are better in part six than they are in part four. Uh, 
I think the, I mean, I, now looking at the mask, I can understand probably why they wanted bigger eye holes, because they do look kind of small. What a thumb gouging in, the, <laughs> in this movie. Oh, man. All right, this, uh, this question comes from Matt Underwood. Shout out to Matt. He's one of the original listeners of this podcast. A uh, good friend of mine. Um, <clears throat> Matt Underwood from Morristown, Tennessee writes in, are you guys angry that the new movie ignores the earlier films, and do you think we'll ever see Jamie Lloyd in the series again? It just really depends, because, I mean, if you follow the storyline, Jamie Lloyd's already been dead. She died in part six. So, I'm, I'm hyped. Like, everything, they've all the critic reviews, we were talking about that, It's it's been, like, universally loved, and most of these movies don't get a whole lot of critic love. And uh, the fact that it's the same guys that brought Pineapple Express to us, and I love Danny McBride so fucking much. Uh, just if, if you've never watched Eastbound and Down, you have to watch Eastbound and Down <laughs> to fucking really enjoy Danny McBride's comedic genius of what Kenny he is. Kenny fucking P. Oh my God, Kenny fucking Powers, you're fucking out. Shout out to Travis, titty uh, titty licking Travis for that because he's the one who got it's, me. I'm sorry, it's titty flipping Travis. He can lick and flip. Oh, beep beep beep. Lick and flip connection. What do you, what do you feel about like the whole new direction they're I, going in? You know, uh, Fat Fuck Scott and I, we were in Nashville when the uh, when the news came out that Danny McBride was writing the new Halloween. And at first, I thought like this has got to be a joke. Like there, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And but it you know it turned out to be true. And and now like I'm totally on board. But yeah, I was hesitant just like everybody else. But the more I've seen from it, the more I have uh, fell in love with uh, what they're doing with it. Yeah, every little clip just keeps hooking me more. Uh, speaking of which, what's happening on screen right here, uh, Ellie Cornell actually hurt herself mm -hmm. on a exposed nail climbing this, and she had to go to the emergency room. Yeah, tetanus shot and all that yeah. good stuff. I mean, she she held it together because she's a fucking trooper, but she uh, uh, but she got seriously hurt. Shows you. Uh, you know, no matter how safe the environment, you know, movie making is is no joke when uh, stunts are involved. Yeah, this uh, this question comes from Fat Tony. Do you think the original idea for Part Four would have made a better movie? Are you familiar with what uh, John Carpenter had pitched? I had not. I'm, I'm not sure if I do. Okay, at one point. Um. Canon Films was trying to acquire the Halloween series. And they contacted John Carpenter, like, hey, you know, would you be interested in writing a new series? And, and of course, he was like, nah, not really. And they're like, okay, well, I mean, like, but if you did, like, what would you do? So I don't know if it was just like a, a treatment or if he actually wrote an entire script. But the idea being is that, you know, it's, it's 10 years later, just like how this movie plays out. Halloween has been Band. banned in Haddonfield, and it's the like the the conscious repression of the the memory of Michael Myers um, that sort of manifests itself. And whether it had been in a <clears throat> a physical sense or it'd been like a mass hysteria kind of thing, um, it's an interesting idea. I think it's the type of movie that it were, if it were made now, would probably be better received. But if that movie had come out in 1988, 
everybody would have fucking hated it. Probably more so than even Halloween 3. You got down pretty fucking fast, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, they kind of played with that in Part 6. It kind of like Haddonfield's been banned since uh, 89, which would have been Halloween 5. Um, but I don't think it would have, like, it was in the heart of, like, the slasher era. Like, it's hard to want to compete with anything like that. Uh, if you want to do something like he was wanting to do, it's kind of like if they were to try to have done Scream in the 80s and right in the slasher, it wouldn't have worked. No, you needed a little distance between, you know, the conventions being fresh and everybody kind of knowing them like the back of their hand. I'm not a big fan of Scream. I appreciate the first movie um, for what it is, but Scream did more to hurt slasher movies than than, than anything else. Um what I was mentioning earlier about a Canon trying to acquire the rights of Halloween actually ties into a question that we've got. This comes from David Paul. Do you have any info about the infamous pick of Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, and Michael from around the time Part 4 was released? I've always wondered if this was supposed to be a crossover movie that got canceled. You have that picture, don't you? I do. It's not in this room we're currently sitting in in the Black Lodge. It's in my, it's in my bedroom. Um... And offhand, I can't, God, I can't remember the name of the magazine. It may have been Time, or it was one of those like big periodicals. But they, they just, they, it was kind of lauding like all the slasher movie villains that had, you know, kind of been that had a second lease on life. Because we had the original like surge of slasher movies in like from '78 to like '81 with you know, Halloween and Prom Night. Uh, Friday the 13th, and then you have that, that second cycle, like starting in 84 with um, Nightmare on Elm Street. and So, I mean, like, we 84 to 88 yeah. was that second cycle. Well, I dug a little deeper into this, and I didn't know this, <clears throat> and it blows my mind that this yep. was even a... a pot. There's, there's the, the ugly-ass unpainted mask that we're talking about. Um, let me get through this real quick, and then I have something to talk about uh, them being here in school. Um, Canon Films, when they rejected uh, John Carpenter's idea, one of the things that they actually pitched was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Halloween crossover movie. And evidently the reason that this got even like any traction of being a possibility, and it, I don't think it ever got past like a discussion phase, but was this photo shoot. It's like, oh my god, these guys look so awesome together. You know, let's let's do something there. Well, Canon never <laughs> was never able to get the rights past this point because Canon was a sinking ship by this point, anyways. But I thought that was interesting. Okay, this school in the script there was a scene where Michael was stalking Jamie, and she was going to be hiding under under desk, and he was going to be walking on top of them. Well, for whatever reason, they didn't have time to shoot that. But, oh. Bitches be tripping. Beep. Some comedic uh, boing <laughs> sounds right there to really uh, con- con- <laughs> contextualize. I just, the, the top of my pen just clanked on my uh, my stool. I don't know if the microphone picked that up or not. But that was, it was great. It was very comedic in, in its timing. Uh, but, you know, the idea of that scene stuck around for years, and they ended up using it in H2O. And I have to say that's one of the better parts of H2O. Of H2O. But it's uh, it's kind of cool that you know, they weren't able to do it, but it still found a life uh, down the road. Although, it does suck that the guy who wrote that probably didn't get any money for his idea being used 
I don't know if we have any more uh, any more questions. We, I like that scene. We uh, ran through them pretty pretty quick. It, it, it showed it only showed two shots at the school, but it reminded me of the original, where like at the very end, when you know it's like you have no idea where Michael is, and they're showing you all the like the shots of the different places he'd been, like the houses. That's what it kind of reminded me of. I kind of missed this a little earlier, but let's talk a little bit about Sa uh, Sasha Jensen uh, playing as as Brady, um, one of the characters that more memorable characters from the series because i'll be honest with you like i can remember tina's name from part five because she's so fucking annoying but i can't remember any other the other characters i can remember some of the characters from part two and part one but brady always sticks out in my mind um and i think it's because he's written in a more three-dimensional sense than like other guys in the like series. bob's just trying to fuck yeah Linda. bud that's bob is it bob that's bob is it bob Got, got your ghost, Bob? No, not, I'm just thinking of part one, Bob and Linda. Oh, okay, Bob, Bob, Linda. I'm, I'm thinking about Bud. Same Bud, yeah. Bud from Bud Wants to Fuck. Leo, Leo Rossi. I love Leo Rossi. That's getaway, man. Uh, <laughs> That's a fucking uh, Corey Haim fucking movie, Bank Robbers. Oh. Uh, who, sir, there's somebody in this uh, who was in Fast Getaway uh, with the Theo Rossi, or what, Theo, Leo Rossi in this movie. And I'm blanking on who it is. Oh my god. That's going to drive me fucking nuts. So I have it down in my extensive notes. Anyways. Um, I I know uh, Sausage Jensen uh, from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. The movie. Yep. Not that terrible fucking show that uh, I know people are going to be listening to this. I know friends of ours. That uh, that say it's a good show and you're full of shit. So yeah, he he's the one that gets bit and he's he plays on basketball court and he uh, steals the ball from yes. Ben Affleck. Yes, he does. And now, of course, Daisy Confused. He's in Daisy Confused. Yeah, he was also in Ghoulies too. Um, I'm not. Uh, this is not set in stone, but uh, we may be doing Ghoulies Part One next month on the podcast. If that changes, as it uh, so often does, um, deal with it. But we will do Ghoulies eventually. Uh, one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, so, uh, Wayne Toth did uh, special effects on this movie. Uh, Wayne Toth actually ended up doing special effects in um, the reboot, the the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. But this is one of the first movies he worked <laughs> on. But <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> who you are as a stuntman that has to fucking hurt oh yeah totally I, I think I mean, it's, it's like professional wrestling you know I mean, like it's it's choreographed but I mean you're you're gonna be worse to the wear but uh, Wayne Toth uh, he, he this is one of the first movies he did but he did uh, special effects for Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Bride of Reanimators Spaced Invaders The Giver Ghoulies 3 Army of Darkness Jason Goes to Hell which we've done on this podcast go to our archives and check that out I am very surprised that we have not had any inkling of any Evil Dead Army of Darkness movies on this podcast yet. Oh, Evil Dead is definitely going to be on this podcast uh, more than likely next year in 2019. Because I grew up in Morristown, Tennessee, where they filmed the original film. It's not my favorite of the three, but it is, uh, it's definitely one that shaped me as a, as a human being. <laughs> actually just made a, uh, a Necronomicon prop for uh, for the haunted house. Yeah, you made, did you make the book? Or was it the 
Was it the dagger? No, I made the book. I made, I, the, book. I, 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 I made the book. Uh, I took a uh, this animatronic prop of a book that would open and shut, and it's got a sensor on it, and I just sculpted the you know the the face on the top of it. Which I'm excited. Which um, I, I don't know if Travis knows this yet. Uh, Titty flipping Travis, but well, we're gonna stop by. I think Saturday night. Oh, I'm looking forward to you coming to my work and bothering me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So things are starting to wrap up with this film. Like I said, man, like I feel like any other movie we've had, we've kind of had plenty of time to kind of go into something and then talk about that and not miss anything. But this movie, it's just like you said, it's like boom, boom, boom. Before you know, like we're already in the final act right here. This is crazy. That's the mannequin. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this ending is uh, like in action terms, is pretty awesome. But I have to admit, like, I don't know, there's something about it that leaves me a little... It's like lackluster. Yeah. Like, the ending the ending of, of Halloween 1 is perfect, because it's it's just enough intrigue to where, you know, you leave the movie theater and you're, like, looking around, it's like, is Michael lurking around here? Part 2 is, I mean, fairly definitive. I mean, he blew the fuck up. Took two slugs the eyes, you know? But to never talk about ever again. Yeah, by the way. well, the comedy or continuity, schmontinuity. Um But this this movie, especially considering when you take into effect like what happens, you know, at the beginning of part five and and how they weave these two things together. Like I, I don't really care for it. However, the ending ending that that comes after what we're about to see here, I think, is terrific. And for the very last question, this is a question just from me to you, because you are, uh, of the two of us, you are the, the bigger Halloween fan. And uh, I, this question could be flipped around for me when we end up doing Halloween, or Halloween, Friday the 13th, 13th Part 4, um, because there are kind of parallels here. Would you have liked to have seen a Jamie Lloyd killer Halloween movie. No. I don't think it would work. It's just like kind of how like Rob Zombie tried to do it with Laurie in part two, which we were talking about how that movie's shit. But, like, I understand they wanted this movie to have like an ambiguous end, like what's going to happen next. But and all in all, like, it kind of didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I know they filmed all this stuff with the, the mind getting blown up and everything, they filmed all that as well, but they did not use it until part five. Yeah. Um, so I get, like, that was, like, their definitive thing is they wanted to blow up Michael. And... Michael! <laughs> but the thing is, like, where would you have gone with it? You could have only gone so far. Like, it would have been a, a girl serial killer. I mean, you'd have to have a time lapse and then to have someone else play her. And then you'd have the exact same thing where she escapes a mental hospital. I mean, just... I, 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 I couldn't do it. There, there... There's a part of me that kind of wishes they had made that movie, just because like how where do you go with it? Um, but yeah, I don't think it would have worked. But as a whole, I mean, this is a hell of an ending. Like, like if this was like it, like if there wasn't a part five, you know, six and on down the line, and this was like the end, like that's that's a hell of an ending. Yeah, like, like the it, idea that like evil doesn't die, it just it just move it spreads. Yeah. And literally, you could look at it as, you know, 
that that's how the movie ends. She's going to be the next killer. Like I said, it's very ambiguous. You're going to be like, well, what happened next? Did did she go? Did she go to the mental hospital? Like, what happened? Did she did did her adoptive mother die, or it, what? What would you call her? Would it be her adoptive mother? I, I guess uh, you would be. Yeah, I guess her foster her guardian, guardian, her foster mom, yeah. her foster mother. Yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah, obviously this shot is mirroring, you know, Michael from the original film. Which I believe they they show more of that in part five as well. Yes, they do. No, I, I, I think his acting right here, it's, it's at a, like a nine point five. Like he he knew to go high with he, it, he, but he's not. You can feel it. He's not. He's not. He's going just a step. Under what would have been like comical, yeah, um, and, I, and this is hard to do. Look at I mean, look at him; he's he's, Fuck, he's feeling it, man. Yeah, I mean, he's having explosive diarrhea right there. Watch from the Rachel, Rachel's here. face. She's stone. She's like a stone cold killer, man. And that's Halloween Four. Fuck, man! Like, every time I watch this movie, man, it's just like you get you start getting into it, and then boom, it's over. Like. It's it's the one of the weirdest paced like Halloween movies, horror movies to me. Being older, watching it, it just it flies by. It's crazy. Well, I've got a couple of film totals. Um, uh, there are sixteen kills in this movie, which averages to be five point five a minute. That's that's pretty fucking good. I mean, I mean a kill is that a kill every five minutes? Is that what it? Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's if I phrased that incorrectly. You, you get the point. Yeah. Um, breast, there is zero in this movie. Thus, this movie sucks. It, we, it, it we, fails we, at a slasher movie. We had a, we had a discussion about this because after in Halloween one and two are the only ones I think that show boobies. And no, I mean, part six does. Part six does as well. Whose boobies? Uh, okay, the girlfriend yes, of Tim's. Uh, yes, yeah. when uh, they're they're like they're at the shock jocks. Thing and then they go, they go to the, upstairs. The house, yeah, yeah. You know? and, but like, Fuck. but you don't see that many boobies. Like compared to a Friday Thirteenth movie, which you know, God bless you, Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> you were you were a cornerstone at my uh, blooming sexuality. I feel like in part five, you probably should have seen Tina's tits. She's I, a girl. You, you feel like you, like to you me, know, I would have been a lot more kind to her over the years. <laughs> Because she is my least favorite character from any of these movies. Even more so than Buster Rhymes? Even more so than Buster Rhymes. Because at least Buster Rhymes is Buster Rhymes. That's true. He's not, what, he's what not is, a full what is she? Actor. What has she accomplished other than blowing her way into a movie role? And yes, KMB. that's what she fucking did. Greg <laughs> <KMB. laughs> I'm going to run over some real quick general trivia just because I... Uh, we didn't get to it. Uh, Told you, man. This movie everything. flies by quick. Uh, they had to import leaves um, and squash. Yeah, they, and painted, they, they painted the squash. To be it. like yeah. pumpkins. Um, Drugstore uh, was used in the stand in Santa Lot. We covered that. Uh, Designer supervisor John Buechler. Which, did he do part seven? Or part seven? Was it in 88 as well? Or was it in 87? It was in 87, and then part 8 came out in 89. How I know that, I don't really know. And I, uh, that's pretty much it. We've, uh, we've covered this movie in pretty good detail. Um, you want to take, what are your takeaways from this? I mean, like, I mean, having seen it so many times. Like I said, I, this used to be up there. My, my, my kids love this one, which I get why. It's very, it, 
it's it's easy for a kid, I'd say, to watch this because the flow of the movie it's so fast. My daughter can relate to Jamie because she always says, you know, she'll still go around the house and go, Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman, boogeyman. She'll do that. So she she enjoys. So your brother's yeah. the boogeyman. Yeah, I guess <laughs> you've seen him. <laughs> I have. I do. I do know. I do know your. He uh... actually did listen to the last podcast too. He's like, "See, that was a pretty good one. I really enjoyed that." Oh well, thank you. Keep keep doing. He said doing that, that. He said that uh, his Jimmy King would have been Jack Black. <laughs> Dude, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Let's uh, make that movie. But uh, I mean, uh, to me, it's one of those ones. I mean, it, it doesn't like age terribly. It doesn't. There's not a whole lot to it. There's not like. Uh, what is it they say in um, Freddy vs. Jason? And like, it's not very PC, but where was it? Uh, she calls Freddy like a, a like she calls him a faggot yeah. in, in the movie. I mean, by that, the way, they did not write that. She improvised like, really, yeah. that. Well, that was I mean, not in the script. Well, even that, like, they let it through. And but like that was only what two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand two when that came out. Two thousand three, two thousand three. I want to so, say. So I mean, this movie came out eighty eight. You don't have anything like that. I mean, the kids are little bullies, but I mean, it's not, it's, it's playful. You know, and more so than like part five, which to me looks really 80s. I mean, this looks like an 80s movie, but the fashion and stuff is not so 80s well, that it like sticks out. It's one of those things too, man, where like, like I was saying this, the way, the flow of this movie, you don't even really notice what people are wearing. That's true. That's true. Other than, uh. Cops, what does what does her her shirt say? Cops do it by the book. Cops do it by the book. You whore. We love you, Kathleen Kenmont. Other than uh, like I say, other than Jamie's acid wash uh, overalls and then Rachel's acid wash jeans, that's really like, the only thing that looks screams eighties. You know, and that's true. And but in all honesty, like other than like us picking through it just oh, to yeah. be to be assholes, like it doesn't even like register to me when I watch it. It's just you know, it just looks like regular midwest people it has a good it has a good flow too where uh you have you have a little bit of gore which um i can understand why they went back and did a few reshoots get to add like the little gory scenes in especially in 88 when all these you know friday 13th out there you know nightmare on elm street so they, they have to compete i get that but the gore and the character development was really good for as fast as the movie flows you care about jamie you care about rachel you care about dr loomis you fucking think Kathleen Kimont is a fucking whore. You know what I mean? Like they they literally And she is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know her. I wish she I wish she would show me uh, if she is or not <laughs> even now. <laughs> and, uh but like like I said it ages like if you watch part 4 then you watch part 5. Part 4 ages so much better and it's a year older. Yeah. Well, I mean part 4 had a gestation period. I mean they had a planning period. They they jumped the gun on part 5. Yeah, they saw they saw money. That's literally why they did it. Well, I mean, you could argue that all all the sequels were made for for that purpose, but there was more care put into this film than probably probably any of them up until the newest one. And you know, here pretty soon we'll find out whether it's uh, as good as the critics say and or am, if it's overhyped so, nonsense. I am so fucking hyped! I'm literally going to take try to take a vacation day and get paid to go see the Halloween movie. All right. Well, I'll be cutting a hole in the bottom of my popcorn. I'm going to be so excited. Uh, we're going to fucking sword fight. <laughs> Landry's going to look over. My wife's going to look over. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Don't look. Don't, don't think less of me. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right. For Stank Dick Eddie, hey. um, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Uh, this is the one year anniversary of uh, your first time being on the show. And you've been uh, an incredible feels, asset. Feels like the first time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, be sure to uh, follow us on social media at Rants Black Lodge on Twitter. You can find us uh, the Facebook group and page. Uh, just go to Facebook and type in Rants from the Black Lodge podcast in that search bar, and you'll be able to find us. Join the group, and we'll add you ASAP. And we're available on a multitude of platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Player FM, Google Play Music, Spotify. Uh, Spotify. And there is, of course, our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. J-U-I-C-Y-K-R-U-E-G-E-R.com. You beat me to it. <laughs> Woo! That's hard to say, but easy to spell if you're not a dumb fuck. All right, for Snake Dig Eddie, I'm Brandon A. Lane, and we'll be back next month for another edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>